Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We're here at Emerald City Comic Con with Scott from, it is Flying Frog Productions, the folks that have brought you uh, Last Night on Earth, Shadows of Brimstone, I always want to say over for some reason. So thanks for coming and letting us talk to you. So what inspired you guys to start this company and then put out these amazing games? Uh, Well, we are gamers ourselves and uh, with a life filled with gaming. You know, as I'm sure you know, uh, people always have ideas of like, oh, what if, what if I made a game? What would I do? Or how would I change this game? Or that kind of thing. I think it's every gamer's dream to eventually make their ultimate game or something like that. Um, and really, it came out of uh, the fact that we, um, you know, we started by modifying games that we already played that were made by other companies and uh, doing house rules and stuff. And then, and then we started getting some of those actually published by. You know some companies, and uh, and we started thinking, man, what if we we did our own? And then, um, you know, we made never to sell, but just like just for fun, for our own friends and for parties and stuff like that. We would make games and uh, and you know hand drawn art on on each card and stuff like that. And um, and they got so popular among our friends that people started offering us money for copies of the games. And we're like, what? That's weird. And we had some indecent proposals where some friends of friends would be like, I'll give you $300 for a copy of this game. And it's like, what do you know? We just, this is just our thing for fun. And after we had a few of those, we started thinking, wow, maybe we should actually try to put one of these out. But uh, it's very expensive. And so we ended up, we didn't want to, um, sell it to another publisher, or, you know, lose control of it in any other way. We wanted to, to try to, to do it ourselves. And so we decided to save up our own money to put it out. And it took us about 10 years to save up the money to, um, to put out our first game. And maybe possibly our only game, right? Yeah. So we wanted to make it as primo and deluxe as possible and put everything into it. Um, and we did. And it was called Last Night on Earth. And luckily, it resonated with people and, and it became a big enough... Uh, deal that we were able to you know get enough money to do an expansion for it and then we were able to get enough money from those sales to do a reprint of them and do another game and uh, after a couple years of this then we were able to quit our day jobs and start doing this full-time and here we are today so why flying frog productions I mean there's got to be a reason behind that that is a very good question so uh, so my brother and I started the company he's Jason I'm Scott uh, I'm like the art side of things and, uh, and kind of marketing and stuff like that. 
and Jason is the design side of things. And uh, when he was working on the games, uh, hanging up over his desk, he had a little wood-carved flying frog from Bali, and uh, it's kind of a sign of good luck. And so he had this little guy as his companion in the wee hours of the night when he was writing cards and you know coming up with new new plots and new missions and all this stuff. And so uh, it was his constant companion. And so when we were trying to come up with a good name, he was like, what about Flying Frog? Because I have my little Flying Frog here with me. And we thought it would also be cool to have a little character of the frog, um, almost like our Mickey Mouse or Mario or something like that. And uh, so he's our little mascot. And for each of the games that we do, we do a new frog in that genre. So if you look at the side of the box for Shadows of Brimstone, there's a little frog in a cowboy hat with six shooters. And if you look at the Last Night on Earth, there's a zombie frog. So each of them has like our frog character done in a different style. No, I love that. That's awesome. So, you know, you guys have kind of been really successful with Kickstarter. So if Kickstarter wasn't around, do you think it would have been a lot more difficult for you to get to where you are now? Um, well, our first Kickstarter project was actually our seventh game. And so, uh, so we did a lot of stuff before that. But the reason that we wanted to try Kickstarter was because uh, it opens you up to a broader audience. So I think among the gaming community, a lot of people already knew our stuff. But Kickstarter is kind of an entity unto itself. So number one, it's a much more international audience. And number two, there's people that you know are more Kickstarter fans than game fans necessarily. Yeah. And they're just like, I love Kickstarter. I want to, you know, help fund these projects from the ground up. I want to be part of something, and so it really uh, introduced our games and what we do to a new audience. And then the other thing is, uh, we were already planning on doing Shadows of Brimstone, but but doing it as a Kickstarter allowed us to, all at once, fund an entire product line, much larger than anything we've ever done before, and um, really that made Shadows of Brimstone the, the massive epic game that it could be you know if we had done it without kickstarter it would have been like the main probably one core set and then maybe six months or a year later we would do like one box expansion and you know flash forward to where we are now we'd probably have like three expansions for it or something and instead we've got like 40 expansions for it and so it, it basically um allowed us to just have it explode into a much bigger product line now was it the Kickstarter that helped it, or was it your original idea to say, okay, we want to make some really awesome minis to go with these games? Because, I mean, almost every game you guys have, you have these fantastically detailed minis, which is just, I mean, yeah, I mean, like role-playing games like D&D and Pathfinder and that have those, but these are amazing. Well, thank you. That's awesome. And we're, we're continuing to work on it so that, you know, like nothing's good enough for us. So we're constantly like, let's see if we can one-up it. And yeah. so... Um, you know, people will see probably the progression if you look as we go. Like you look at the first ones, you're like, oh, these are really cool. But then you look at the next round and it's like, these are so much better. And then you look at the next round, and you're like, oh, my God, these are like great. And so, uh, you know, and honestly, just sitting right here, I'm like, they can be even better. And, and we just we're striving to uh, to work with different factories, use different uh, techniques always trying to, to make the miniatures as good as they can be because we're big hobby game fans, miniature fans. We paint these figures and, you know, when that, that hobby aspect is part of the game, you're always going to want to have, like, more detail and, you know, more bits and, and options so you can put the figures together in different ways. So some of our newer kits we're trying to do 
you know, you get multiple heads and you can choose which one to use, or you get a bunch of different arms so you can choose which ones and you can pose them in different ways. And, and so you can see that through, throughout the product line that, that the kits are getting better and better. And the coolest thing is all of that stuff that we learned over Shadows of Brimstone, we're going to apply to our, uh, our new game, Forbidden Fortress, that we did our second Kickstarter for. Yeah. So from the ground up, the, the, the models in the core set are going to be, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants using all the knowledge and experience that we gained from Shadows of Brimstone. So it should just be uh, even better going forward. And the Fortress one is Fuel Japan, right? So you got samurai, you got sumo warriors, which I think is awesome because we finally get a character that can push through monsters, oh, where before you, the monsters push through you. Right, right, yeah. It's uh, well, we wanted to um, to to do uh, something using the Shadows of Brimstone uh, engine and actually have it be compatible because there it's kind of open ended. Even though it starts in the old west, Shadows of Brimstone, the adventures, as I'm sure you know go off to other alien worlds and other dimensions, and so it, it introduces all these possibilities outside of the Old West. But we always keep it grounded in the Old West. So it's like, you are a simple bandito, but now you're on a starship careening through space. What happened to the crew? It's all mystery. And what are all these buttons and lights? You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bandito, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we wanted the new one to be that same kind of thing, but grounded in feudal Japan. You are a simple samurai or a ninja or, or, or something like this uh, and then take into the fantastic you're fighting demons you're going through portals to other worlds and there's no reason that these couldn't connect because uh, a lot of people say like well you know the old west it's it's kind of off kilter time from the timeline of feudal japan but there's nothing to say that when you go through a portal it's not just space but also time yeah. and so you know for this it's a little jump but for future games we could go to totally different time periods and, and you could go forward or backward in time going through these portals and they all work together. And so in this way, uh, it's this ongoing thing where you know you can play either one as like a purist, like I really only want to play with like the Japanese stuff or the Old West stuff, or you can just mash them up and they all work together. I mean, it's a little more work because we have to make everything balanced across all the games, but I think it's so worthwhile to be able to do these. and. You know, way back when, when, when we used to um, be really into Games Workshop games and Warhammer and everything, one of the coolest things about Warhammer was that you could actually have cross-time battles and play with Warhammer figures versus Warhammer 40K guys. Then you could have, you know, my Space Marines go through this portal and you end up fighting, you know, a dwarf army or something. And it was really crazy because you have this, you know, like wizards and and uh, cannons firing at yeah. tanks and and uh, guys with uh, bolters and stuff and powered armor so uh, so that's the kind of thing that really captured our imagination when we were younger and today we're like that would be so cool if you could actually have your feudal Japan guys go through and end up in the old west or your old west guys go through to feudal Japan and all of you could form a posse together and and go and fight um, you know lava men in, in the caverns of cinder so having you know taking that extra effort to make the things connect um, just kind of reinforces the world and the game engine and I think makes it a lot more fun no I have to agree that's really awesome I mean having a you know guy with a shotgun ninja next to you samurai you know uh, it, that just sounds amazing now with that said I mean where where do you go from here now I mean because I mean do we have space marines do what I mean what I mean there's got to be some ideas boiling up there. It's true. Well, so I told you that we um, 
we started by saving up our own money to put out our first game. That actually took about 10 years to, to make contacts, find a manufacturer in China, you know, find a sculptor who could do the miniatures, and, um, and you know, save the money to actually put it out. Uh, so over the course of that time, we didn't just say like, all right, we have our one game and our dream, and we're just gonna sit here and save money and whatever. We, we kept going and making new games. And so uh, over the course of that time, we, um, Jason designed about 16 games that were fully playable, that we would sit down and play with our friends, and they were all on equal footing. So when we actually were like, okay, it looks like we have enough money, like we can actually try to make a go of this, let's start making it happen. We had to decide which game are we gonna do. And it was really down to the wire because uh, everybody in our group had their favorite games. And it's like, oh, we gotta do this game. Oh, no, 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 we gotta do this game. And we really arm wrestled over it. And uh, we ended up choosing Last Night on Earth. But the, the, what I'm getting at is, um, only a few of those 16 games have actually come out. Wow. So we still have um, a, a huge backlog of games that we're so excited to put out that other people were arm wrestling for that didn't win, you know? Um, and so we're really excited to put out some of those. I mean, there's some, it's too early for me to like mention things because in the past yeah. we have where it's like, oh, like for example, in the back of the rule book for Last Night on Earth, we put a little hint about Martians are coming and uh, because we were saying, well, the last night on Earth engine also is used for this other game, uh, Invasion from Outer Space. So at some point down the line, we're gonna do that game. And immediately when we put that out, people are like, oh my God, the next game is a Martian game. And we're like, oh, no, that wasn't our intention. <laughs> uh, and so, because we had already started on the next game, which was A Touch of Evil. So um, by mentioning it very early like that, it kind of, um, you know, prodded us to do Invasion from Outer Space next yeah. after A Touch of Evil, even though we had intended that like sometime down the road, we will do this Invasion from Outer Space game. And so uh, so I'm always weary of, uh, of okay. you know, saying too much too early, but let's just say, you know, all of our games are uh, rooted in a particular genre. And there's some genres that we really, really love that we have games for that are incredibly fun. And we are really looking forward to putting those out. Uh, besides that, we have our hands full with, uh, with a huge uh, product line for Forbidden Fortress that we're currently working on because the second Kickstarter just finished um, end of November. Yeah. And so uh, this year, a lot of our efforts are put toward that. But also, 2017 is the 10th anniversary of Last Night on Earth. And so uh, we're gonna be releasing some products to celebrate that. I mean, 10 years is huge, yeah. and the game is still selling strong. It's going really well. So. Um, I, I can't say too much just yet. We're, we're going to make an announcement at the Gamma Trade Show um, later this month. And so people can watch uh, Facebook, Twitter, and, and uh, we're going to be doing some interviews there with um, you know, all the major news outlets and, and talking about it. So, Cool. I mean, one thing I do want to say, I mean, you guys aren't large, of course, right. but everyone here in the booth is just like super excited, super passionate about every game you have. I mean, I, I, I was talking to several of them, and not a single person was like, oh, yeah, you know, this, there's this game. But they're, they're like, they're excited. I mean, it's almost like they're going to jump out of their skin in talking about your games, which is, just says a lot. I mean, when you were talking about everyone arm wrestling, I can visually imagine that just because of how passionate these guys are. Absolutely, yeah. There's a lot of passion behind it. And, um, you know, I think that uh, sometimes businesses can grow very fast and end up, 
getting some people that aren't necessarily invested. And we've, we've gone like a methodical, slow growth approach. That's why we don't have like a giant staff and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, we would much rather, you know, bring on people like, like one or two people a year or something. Slow growth, but those people are incredibly passionate. You know, oftentimes they've kind of volunteered with us for years and then it's like, you know what, we're looking to grow again, let's bring this person into the fold and now you're officially a frog. And uh, I think that number one, that, that gives us, um, you know, steadier, you know, uh, uh, stability, right? So we're not gonna like hire a bunch of people and then go out of business. We, uh, we slow growth, methodical, and then the other thing is, uh, you know, when companies get too big too fast, the, the quality of the products can go oh, yeah. down because suddenly, you know, now now we're putting out like 10 games a year and, you know, only one of those is designed by like the main designer. The others are kind of like hired guns or something. And we, we are very uh, careful. You know, right now we're a lot more like a band than a company because instead of being like, you know, business oriented and like, what's the numbers? How many things are we putting out? Like, what's the bottom line? Instead, it's like the same group of like passionate players that put out each of the games. So it's a lot more like a band, like say Weezer or something. Yeah. Like I love Weezer. And when a new album comes out, I don't need to hear it. I'm like, well, it's written by the same guy. It's sung by the same guy. The same drummer is on it, the same guitarist. Like I'm gonna like this because I liked their previous stuff. Oh, yeah. I know what I'm getting into. And when you get, like if you love Last Night on Earth, you know that chances are you're going to really love Fortune and Glory or A Touch of Evil or Shadows of Brimstone because it's designed by the same guy with the same artists involved, same art direction and graphic design, same music for the soundtrack, same person's doing it. So it's the same group doing each of the games. I think that, that once you blow up and like expand to where you have a bunch of people, you, you don't know what you're going to get yeah. because, uh, because you're not sure who's making this stuff. And, uh, and a lot of companies, um, you know, get very big and just start putting out games that that people just bring to them or that they port, you know, this was a big game in Italy and so now we're gonna put it out in America. But that's not made by any of the people from that game company, I mean, who knows? Yeah. And so, um, you know, for me as a gamer, I find it w with companies that do that, like it is tougher for me to know if I'm gonna like it. So a lot of times I follow a designer instead where it's like, oh, I really like this guy's stuff, you know? Um, and so you, you know what you're gonna get. Luckily, we're in a position where we've been able to uh, put out an entire series of games by the same people where anything that the company makes, you know you're going to like it because yeah. it's the same, the same people, the same quality. And we never, you know, because we're less business focused and more like focused on making really great games, um, because the people, the creative people doing it are the people making the business decisions. There's no like businessmen, you know, like, like you know, cracking the whip. Uh, instead, uh, you know, we're the ones. And so if it comes down to it and it's like, this isn't ready, we don't put it out. Or we like take an extra six months or whatever time it takes. And, you know, sometimes um, that means that a game will be a little bit late. Sometimes that means that the Kickstarter will take longer to deliver. But in the end, we know that we'll stand behind that product. We don't want to have regrets later because every one of our games, we want people to be playing it 20, 30, 40 years from now. You know, we want them to pass their copy of Fortune and Glory on to their children and then to their children. And that's not going to happen if you rush something out the door. You know, we would much rather have 
fewer products where every single one of them is solid. And that's what we've done so far. Nice. I, I like that. I, I do. You know, the fact that you're willing to take the extra time and not push it out. Right. I mean, that says a lot because there are some companies out there. It's like, oh, we got the deadline. We got to get it out. And you can tell in the game point, it's kind of choppy or something doesn't work right. So that's awesome. So the listeners, where can they find you guys? I mean, obviously you got a website, social media and that. Where can they look to find you to find out I mean, more information on the games in case they don't have it or conventions you'll be at in the future? Uh, so convention-wise, we're here at Emerald City Comic Con, of course. Uh, next up, we're going to the Gamma Trade Show in Las Vegas. After that, in April, uh, we're going to have some people demoing games at SakuraCon in Seattle. Um, after that, it'll be Gen Con in August, and then PAX West in Seattle. And I think that's the rest of our convention schedule for the year. Okay. Um, besides that, you can go to the website, which is uh, flyingfrog.net, not .com. Flyingfrog.net. Uh, we also have a wiki page that's uh, flyingfrogwiki.com. And um, that's kind of cool because we basically made a wiki, which is everything about all of our games. So you can look up you know, every card for every game and find FAQ stuff or new information. Um, it's kind of one stop for you know, contact info, FAQ stuff, all of that good stuff. Um, you can follow us uh, we're FFP Games on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, I think also on Instagram. So lots of good places to contact us, and uh, and you know we always try to 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 get out to shows and get in front of people because you know when we meet fans and they they talk about like oh man my character was named this and you know this amazing thing happened or you know last night we played in the hotel and we barely escaped in the truck. Uh, whatever it is, we're we're so into it. We're like, oh my god! Then what happened? You know, because this this is why we do this. You know, because you know we want people to have fun adventures with the games that we're making. And so being able to hear that instead of just being nose to the grindstone, blinders on, in front of a computer like we are most of the time, being able to get out and like talk to people that are that are having fun with the games, it's that just pumps us up and and recharges us to get back get back to work and just you know. It makes all the weekends and late nights worth it because when it's four in the morning and your tank is running on empty, you know, you, you think about like how much people are going to love this new mission you're working on or, or whatever it happens to be. So, uh, so we, we love getting out to conventions and talking to people. Nice. So with that said, guys, check out their website because there's a lot of content that you probably won't find at a retailer that you guys offer online. There's like additional cards and expansions and stuff like that. I, I'm just looking here. There's tons of stuff for uh, Shadows of Brimstone. Uh, it's just amazing, let alone uh, Last Night on Earth. So check this stuff out. Go to their website and support these guys. I picked up a copy yesterday and an expansion, and I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, who doesn't love Old West? So with that said, uh, we're out of here. Sarah is a witch. She's smart, funny, loyal, paranoid and kind of mean with one bad eye. On the day of the tobacco fair in Nashville, a Yankee preacher and a wizard try to kidnap her because Sarah is not who she thought she was. It turns out she's the daughter of the dead former empress, Mad Hannah Penn, and her uncle, the living emperor, Thomas Penn, has learned of her existence and wants her dead. Witchy Eye is an epic fantasy novel set in the very alternate 1850s America by author, DJ Butler. Pick your copy up now. 
So hurry, find your copy today, anywhere books are sold. Because this is one adventure you're not going to want to miss.